As I look out across the land, I see God's mighty hand as a bride of Christ adorned in the wedding. Just like in the days of old, they stood in courage They turned that old world upside down. Oh, we're rising up, rising up with a new testament church rising up. Oh, we're rising up, rising up with a new testament church rising up. Now the Bible plainly tells how the Holy Ghost fell. Signs and wonders were done by the apostles and think it's all done. And the miracles oh, yes. are done. I have some good news to bring to you. Oh yes, good news today. Oh, in these last days he'll pour out oh, of his spirit more and more. Like a mighty eagle, his strength oh, yes. he'll renew. We're rising up. Yes, we're rising up. today. Let's get ready to go. We don't want one person to miss it. We don't. Let's move beyond the clapping of the hands and the sound of the music now. Let's rise up into a place that the Lord can bring us into a heavenly atmosphere where everything's okay in his presence and there's nothing earthbound for us. If we bow our heads today, who would Join with me to say, Father, take this service today under your control. Like you did last night, Lord, at the end, Lord, unplanned, unscripted. We realize, Lord, our thoughts, Lord, are before you right now. 
our words, Lord, of adoration and praises and thanksgiving come before you. Our voices come up through the blood, Jesus. We ask, Lord, for one another as kings and priests that your divine mercy and grace would be for every single person. Don't leave one behind. Don't leave one sister, one brother, one visitor, one regular person behind, Lord, and caught in the traffic of Laodicea. But let us be caught away into your presence. Let the blood drip down upon the sin and the delicate places and say things today that only you can say, Lord. Oh, Jesus, we're not here for, to look at one another's clothes or to just have a meeting, Lord. One service this morning, I pray that you would put two into one. Not in length, Lord, but in power and in demonstration and the quality of the word. Lord, because your prophet has brought a message and laid out a platform for you to step on. For the healer, for the deliverer, for the baptizer. For the one, Lord, that we sang about today and we heard about come deep down within our souls as we take the scriptures and speak from our hearts. We don't have a lot of time on earth, so I pray the sacredness of these moments would bypass our human frailty and we would get out of the way long enough for Jesus Christ. Shine through us all today from the nursery into the foyer the sanctuary down below and here lord in the presence of god we report for service in jesus christ's name amen god bless you as maybe they could bring up our slides i just want to and we'll turn to the book of job while you're finding your place and in time message tabernacle I want to speak today on It's Seed Time again. And I, I did want to bring you greetings from Washington State, from our little church. They're gathering there in a few minutes to uh, remember you and remember us. We're just in the last few services, though, of this building. We've been for 19 months, and now this is where they'll be gathering here. It looks like this on the inside, but the Lord's given us another place. He's given us another location. We're going to be renting and leasing this building the Lord's given us there in, in, in North Bellingham, and we're just thankful to the Lord Jesus and what he's done and what he's doing. This is the inside, and I wanted to bring you greetings again from our family. I know we did last night, but uh, this is uh, our children. Timothy is married to Jessica with three children, and, and Victoria and John Waldner, they live in Canada. And then Michael, Andes. The Lord led us to speak on this today. It's seed time again. And I just pray that his uh, presence would come into this room and minister to us. Job 42 is the last chapter of the book of Job. It was the seed time of his trial. I understand the book of Job, uh, the oldest book of the Bible, it was nine months from the time of the first chapter to the end of the old chapter or the last chapter that he went through this trial. And I want to encourage you today as a, as a believer, don't get stuck in the season that you're in. There's seasons to our lives and I'm going to take my liberty today. Not in the time, but in what I say. I'm not going to hold things back. 
I, I think it's just time that we say what's on our hearts, what's the Holy Spirit, and being born and raised in the message, and you, um, the Lord has opened up the heart of Edmonton to ourselves, and for, since we were 16 years old, we're 51 now, I, there's been a love reciprocal back to you. So I'm not going to talk between the lines and a lot of fluff. I, I feel that the, there's come a time in a generation as we heard Friday night at the youth, at the grad, that they are of age to meet his need, that that's not just in the church services. That's the kitchen. Then we go a little deeper. It's the parlor or the living room where you fellowship, talk about how's your job, how's your family. But there's the bedroom. It's not a public place. You don't invite everyone to the bedroom, but that's where life comes. So even in our church services, we need to leave the noise of the kitchen and the smell of the food and the music and the drums or the beat or the instruments and the clapping of the hands and go deeper. As the voice said to Brother Branham when he stood in front of hundreds of people and the prayer line and he, and he said there were people coming and he said the voice said to that little room, I'll meet you there. It was a private place. It's not a public show in front of hundreds. So the bride has the ability to get out of the way at no matter what season. I'm going back to that word of encouragement. Don't get stuck in the season that you're in. A winter time, a fall time. It's not always going to be 30 degrees and, and a fire smoke when you wake up like it is today in Edmonton. And you find people, they're always caught up in the natural and, the, and the, what's going on around them. And they're get, always talking about the weather or the hurts or what's going on in this and that. And we've got to rise higher than that. We're eagles times. It's seed time. It's time to come to the last chapter, the end time of the trial. So um, not to keep you standing, but we see in verse 7... Now God speaking in the last chapter and in the last verses to Job, but he's also speaking to Job's friends, and he was not very happy with them. In verse 8, he spoke to them about worship and to take bullocks and rams and to go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you. I mean, this brother had gone through it. He lost his children, his business, his health, his wife's respect. His, he was just in a horrible place. But God was showing them that the character that I've molded in Job's life is a reflection of what the bride's going through. Amen. So in verse 9, we see the three friends, Eliphaz and Bildad and Zophar and things. They did according as the Lord commanded them. The Lord also accepted Job. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And that's when God will turn your captivity is when you stop being so selfish and looking to your own needs and your own problems and, your own, and start getting a burden for the body. It's when Job prayed for his friends that God gave Job twice as much as he had before. 
But, you know, people are people. In verse 11, that's when his brethren and his sisters and all the people begin, his acquaintances begin to come around. And, and that is when they demoned him and comforted him over all the evil and gave him money, gave him zero. It's like they're there in the good times, but where were they in the bad times? Don't you worry, friends. The Lord Jesus is with you today. He's with you in the good times, in the bad times, on the mountains, in the valley. In the misunderstandings, in the reproach, in the cross. But today we need to look beyond the cross and see the glory that's in the cross. And we're a body here moving, operating. Verse 12, so the Lord, we're coming to our thought of its seed time. The Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. And you'll look here in verse 12, it is actually double then chapter 1, when it gives the sheep and the camels and the oxen and the asses, it's exactly double. And then verse 13, seven sons and three daughters. And I'm not here to speak about that today, but Brother Branham said he gave him his children back again. And they were fair in verse 15. And, and it speaks in verse 16 about their years of Job and his sons and his sons' sons and his generations. God bless you. You can have your seats. So listen really closely today as we, I don't want to take a lot of your day, but I do, this is our one service and we want to give it our all. Many times, Brother Branham in speaking about the seed, our subject today is it's seed time again. He would interchange the words corn and wheat in making comparisons to the seed of God and the believer. This is a wonderful message. I'm going to go quickly today as, uh, as um, I just want to be mindful of the Lord. It's seed time or bride time. The shucks are dead. The shucks are dried up. The virgin word time, not touched. It's a virgin. Remember, a virgin word time. If you put it in the hands of a denomination, it sure won't be a virgin. It'll be manhandled the time you get to it, but God's church is not touched by denomination. Can we say hallelujah? As we all find our place today, I'm glad that the new generation today isn't got some form of godliness that we're following a denomination or some script from headquarters about what we're supposed to be pre preaching today or, or last night. Nobody orchestrated last night but the Holy Spirit. I didn't, definitely did not plan to end the service about that speaking uh, about another generation that knows their God, that the Holy Spirit would come down. That's His presence and that's His vindication to show by His Spirit that what's coming by the Word is in season. Amen. He desires you to know Him. Amen. We are not a denomination. It's a virgin Word of God made manifest. I want you to listen real close. Not just heard. We're not just hearing a virgin Word. 
We're not just rejoicing and going around the mountain. God sent a prophet. God sent a prophet. God sent a prophet. No, no. It's when the word is manifested. It's when we see it in our families, in our lives. I believe he's a God of miracles. That's instant. That's uh, immediate. Most of the time, that's what we want. But he's also our healer. He's a healer, and that takes time. It takes seasons. It takes part of your life. Don't get so anxious. Don't get so nervous. Don't get so complexed about where you're at. There will be another season. There will be another time. We're in the manifestation of the Word. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My, we love this. We believe it. It's the truth. There'll be no denominational manhandling in the virgin birth of the bride. This is you. There's no man that owns you. There's no church that owns you. There's no leader in the message that is going to be a prominent star. We've gone through the years, 40 years of wilderness. We've gone through now 60 years. God has allowed all the superstars to get older, to go by the wayside or become where they're not as effective anymore. And if time would go on, many that have been prominent and leaders will go to their grave. But don't let it just be a song. There is a New Testament church rising up. And out of the womb, out of the womb of Christ is coming a bride. There is an older generation and there's a new generation. And you're too good to be controlled by men. You're too good to be controlled by a false doctrine. Hallelujah. So as we look here today, Brother John appreciates visuals, as you'll see. I think it sticks to us more. It's time for the shuck to be pulled away from the seed. As we look at corn and as you look at wheat, I want you to think of this throughout the service. When Brother Branham spoke about Pentecost in the church age book and talking about the original wheat seed... Remember, we're speaking today on its seed time again. He's talking about Pentecost, and it was to come back in the last age. It has been buried at Nicaea. It sent up a shoot at Sardis. It grew a tassel in Philadelphia, and it was to mature at Laodicea. That's the age that we came out of. Laodicea is all around Edmonton today. It's, the world is falling apart. Amen. And again, we're not here to speak about Russia or Ukraine or China or all the finances. We're here to speak about the Word. The Word is what's going to get us in the rapture. It's faith that comes by hearing of the Word. It's not going to be the songs and the orchestra and the choir that gets us in the rapture. Though with the word is always a revival. And I'm glad for the songs we had this morning. This morning and last night and throughout. It speaks of, of youth and life. God bless you, our dear sister that's here. Sister Ojar, right? Brother Ogu. Brother Ogu, where's she at here today? Can you raise your hand, sister? Yes, God bless you, sister. We salute you today. From the elders to the children, didn't you sense that? And our sister, 
a Washlegger song, how it gives energy to the word. I don't want to be in a dead church. I don't want to have my family in a dead church and sit there and have to be conformed to some atmosphere that's dead. It has become a denomination in the message in many places. They're dead. And the message will never denominate, but people do. And you can be a one-man denomination. You can be a one-woman denomination. You're not of that. You're, you're coming up through that. You're coming to maturity. You are the original word being restored. This is out of the Laodicean church age in the uh, Laodicean church age. According to the time wherein we stand in the Laodicean age, the prophet messenger of Revelations 10.7 must already be in the land. Once more, thus saith the Lord, must be there, ready to be manifested with infallible vindication. Thus is the true seed already maturing and then the harvest. He's speaking of our day. Some of you look like you stayed up a long time last night. Amen. I heard about where you were going. I'm like, my, two o'clock and three o'clock. I see it already. But we're in the house of God today. I'm here to feast off of this message of the hour. This is what Brother Branham was speaking about, the original wheat seed of Pentecost. He's not speaking about a Pentecost denomination. He's not speaking about us within the message Always using the word Pentecost and pointing the new generation to that. Pentecost is an experience for us. But the bride must go further than just Pentecost. But the seed of experience must be in all of us. And I'm just going to say it today. I'm going to be very open. What the bride's going through is not a restoration of Pentecost. The bride is on another level. You are the the mature bride of Christ that needs a Pentecostal experience. But our language, our songs, the atmosphere is not bringing us back to Pentecost. It is the word for today that includes Pentecost. This is a prophet saying, and we'll just go through this again so that you don't miss this. The stages of a wheat or a corn. Maybe this is for someone. I know this church is very seasoned and might seem elementary to the older ones, but you know, being born and raised in the message, there was a day that the lights just come on. It's like the key that turned in the lock. Then it just all began to make sense. All from a little boy, from being raised in the Branham Tabernacle and the tapes and being there and knowing the family and the area. But there just came a day when the lights came on. Did you experience that? It's like, it all makes sense. It's like all the mechanics, once the dynamics hit it, it just began, it's like the lights came on. And it's like, wow, we can walk into that room. Then it's more than church. And it's more than a code. And more than we got to dress a certain way. And you can't listen to this. And you can't, it becomes a life. Buried at Nicaea. A shoot at Sardis. A tassel at Philadelphia. But it matured. At Laodicea. 
Lord, I want to come to maturity. I want you to see this, what he's talking about as we walk through this. It's seed time again. We have to go back to Nicaea where the seed, when it went into the ground, it had to die. It's got to die before new life can come. And you and I have got to die to ourselves before Christ can come. It's very simple, but yet it's very deep. We've got to go down into the ground of sorrow, down into the ground of rejection. That's why when these things happen in your local churches and um, things that go on among sisters or brothers or families or the ministry or a deacon, don't get caught up and stuck on an issue. You're bigger than that. You're more mature than that. We are sons and daughters of God that have the rapture as our goal and we're not in infancy stage. You know, sometimes people get like this to their children or to the young people, but I think a lot of adults need a good rebuke sometimes and a real shaking up. Are we really manifesting the message? I'm speaking about the character of the message. Do our young people even want what we've got? Why would they want some crabbed old crowning of a person that's always backbiting and fussing and talking about that church in the city and that church over there and why those people over there and that happened and that's your whole testimony. It's like a whole aura around you. Rise up out of that today. Just let it go, brother. Sister, let it go. Today, I'm focusing on the new generation. They deserve to hear this message and its power and its strength. In fact, your previous pastor, Brother Harold Hildebrandt, was, he was like a leader. He was like a bulldog, like a lion. I remember back in the 80s, you know, going to the camps there, whether it was a, a youth meeting or whether it was in Michigan or whether it was in other places. And he preached what I'm preaching today. This is what he preached. And it brought the message and it just made it clearer. Number one, it's got to be buried. It was buried at Nicaea. I'll put a scripture here in. Jesus speaking in John 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Can you put your name there? Can you put your church there? Do you want your family to be there? In spite of all the negative that surrounds the seed around your life, you're going to come forth. So it started out, then it becomes a shoot. And this is where some might be like little children or young people. This might be a new person. Coming out of the world, it's kind of amazing. We, we started our little church 19 months ago and felt led to call it End Time Message Tabernacle. And there was a lady here on Mother's Day just a few weeks ago that visited your church. And she lives in our area and she was looking online for baptism and for... She's a searching seed. She's not a believer. She's just looking for a church that believes. And she came upon our church and came 
to our meetings and she's been coming. Serena is her name. And she visited your church for Mother's Day. Her family lives here. And she was here for Mother's Day. Thank you, Brother Dole, for greeting her and making her feel welcome. But she was in your church. It's like out of the womb of Washington, God started a church. She could come there. She was hearing the word for some weeks now. And then she wants to get away for Mother's Day. It happens to be in the very city. It's another end time message tabernacle. And she can come and hear the message. And she comes back home. She's happy. And the Lord willing, she's looking to baptism. She may be our first one on our first Sunday to be baptized. Isn't that incredible? I mean, I I think we've had uh, 14 baptisms in our little church. We've had five from our own assembly and then we've had another eight or nine from near the area. I just praise the Lord for that. I mean, God's using you today. It's not all about the building and the address. It's the body of believers. Brother Branham called them little blades coming up. Little sprouts in the field. Then it goes to number three, the tassel. And that is when it's come through now these stages, down in the ground, then up through as a little plant. Then it comes up now to where it's near the top of the plant in the tassel at Philadelphia, Brother Branham said. You know what tassel is. You're from Edmonton. You are from, I was thinking of Grand Prairie and the different places of the saints know more about this than I do. But you don't eat the tassel. You don't have a meal this afternoon and take someone and let's, have, let's all rejoice around the tassel. Let's all stop, you know, and dance around the table and say, oh, this is so good, Mom, I can't wait to eat the tassel. Neither do you do that with the shuck, as we'll get into. This is where we're at, friends, where the seed that went down into the ground is now growing again. It's being manifested again. I want to declare today it's seed time again. I want to look at the stages of life of of, of you as a person. At the phases of a stage, it's a period of your life, it's the next step, it's the age you're at right now, it's the point, it's the leg of the journey as our graduates had their pictures and the video of the six graduates on Friday night and we were so wonderfully privileged to be with you and your families. But as it showed them walking down the trail, who was there and remembers what I'm talking about? They were walking down the trail and it showed them walking down and then it went on and then we had photos of them from the front. I was just thought it would be so wonderful if all six of those graduates made it in the rapture. Wouldn't it be wonderful today if all those children that were here on the platform made it in the rapture? All the young adults that sang last night and the teenagers and young... Wouldn't it be fantastic if we were there and you had a part in that? If you're older, don't become a pillar in the church that becomes cranky and bitter and it's... Never good enough. Don't become like that. 
It's not pleasing to God. Let the, I know there's a lot of brokenness and breakages that happen as we go down the road together in our families and our extended families. Brother John is very aware of, of many hurts. I'm speaking in a certain way today. We've also gone through hurts. We've seen a lot in the message. I think it's a tribute to the gospel that, that we're not negative. And speaking about the hinder parts and, and all the ne- things that's gone on. And take a service or two or a whole weekend and you'd, and you'd say, wow, he must be going through a deep trial and not just bearing my hurts and my troubles. Don't let it be that way, Lord. It's too short of an hour to focus on certain stages of the journey. Don't get stuck in a certain stage. And yet don't be in denial that you're in a certain stage. You might be in midlife today. You might be in change of life or menopause. Some of our young ladies are coming up and their cycle begins. And some of our teenagers, young brothers, they go through things as young teenagers. And and Brother Branham said we have to bear with them through these times. And Brother Branham talked about the change of life and menopause. That men go through that the same as women. You knew that. Do you know that? (laughs) He said that's usually when they leave their wives and they get... They tell jokes and be funny and different things. That's not an excuse, but they're going through a change of life. And sisters go through that in in the message. And they feel like they're losing their mind. And they feel like, what's going on? None of us plan for this. And they can get very discouraged. Lord, help us today. We're not a little bride Dancing down the aisle and just for the first time hearing about the prophet. Many of you have been raised or trained or been in this for years. That's why when you go through midlife or the change, it's not the same as it used to be. And many have fallen off at that point. And, and then they'd start to question and they start to wonder. You're just going through a change. Well, maybe that helps someone. At this stage of your life, God is aware. He knows exactly where you're at. And Jesus is very near to you. I was listening to Brother Branham this morning, and he just said, and don't think those thoughts. He said, I know what you're thinking. He just made, he was preaching along, and he said, and don't think those thoughts. The Lord Jesus knows our thoughts. I wonder today if we would be thinking positive thoughts toward maturity, toward the Word. Some of you have had a rough weekend. I can see it. Some of you are zoning out on me. Let's wake up a little bit. Am I that boring? I don't think so. I know it's been a rough weekend. God help us to wake up in these times of revival that we're not overlooking it. But God knows about our trouble But that does not mean he always stops the trouble. God will allow his children to grow up without always intervening and stopping all the things that are happening. And some of you and us have misinterpreted that, that God doesn't love me or God doesn't care. 
when really it is God's way of parenting. Sometimes our earthly way of parenting is not always godly. And it's not always word-based. And it's not always eternal. We would always want to shield our children from trouble. We would always want to stop the adversity and we wouldn't want them to go through that. But we realize we do need one another. We are a body. We cannot just always be walking alone along life's journey without any input or help from others. I'm sorry to be reading my notes, but this is what the Lord laid on my heart to say today. You, we, we can't be always friends like, that's why COVID to many wasn't just a global uh, um, pandemic. It was a personal attack of the enemy to separate you away from believers. And there wasn't a lot of youth meetings and there wasn't a lot of services. If there was, there was always rules and regulations and health and all that. And, you know, we always, you know, we all had to be, you know, like this with one another. And, you know, you know, it just wasn't very beautiful. Are you smiling? Are you frowning? Are you, how are you looking at me? I'm glad. You just don't look good with a mask on sometimes. You, How we need the Lord Jesus to help us to realize, don't get stuck. Some of you have already got stuck and you're back to church and there's no rules. We ought to be elated today that we can be in the house of God. And there's no half the church, A to M. And, you know, we're not back in the 25 and the media team and only. We're here to worship. But do you realize as quick as we realized it could end, it could be over. By next Sunday, I know exactly where I was when when they shut it down. It was like one day you're planning this and this and the next service and this and that. You're not going to be there. The services, some things are outside of our control. But I'm coming back to this today. Sometimes people really struggle. And there's people in the message that really struggle when there's help for them. Just reach out. In the scripture, we see Jesus oftentimes, the disciples were failing to grasp what he was saying to them. And it wasn't until later that it came roaring back and they remembered the scripture. How many know what I'm talking about? Then they remembered. Then they remembered. Friends, we don't have time to realize later what were we doing? Why, why were we so asleep? Why were we so in our own, you know, jobs? Why did we allow our, our family issue to cloud us for six months? We get caught in a friendship. We get caught in an issue in our minds. And I've preached messages on this, whole messages, and I'm not going to do it. But a lot of it's unfounded. It's unfounded fears. It's unfounded that that person even thinks that about you. You remember when Jacob wrestled with the angel and he was meeting Esau and he sent his wife ahead. He sent his children ahead. He sent all a bunch of gifts ahead to stop this. You know, Esau surely is going to draw his sword and want to kill me for what I did. Do you all remember the story? I'm giving you a sermon in two minutes. And he, and he sent everybody ahead and he was all concerned. He had fear. This is how I'm going to be dealt with. This is how it is. And when he met Esau, 
it wasn't like that at all. He hugged his neck. He, what is all of these gifts and your wife and your family? And he was so blessed. I wonder even as believers, we can build up things in our minds that's not even true about one another. And then when you really get to the bottom of it, real believers inside of us, we have the same desires. We want to love the Lord. We want to go in the rapture. And I know that I'm prickly. Or I know that we're different. And I know that oftentimes we hurt one another. Listen, friends. I mean, you're going to hurt the people that you're around the most. So that's why people then just leave. And they just go out whatever. That's not the spirit of Christ to drive you away like that. It's, it's your human spirit. And you just need to come back to where God can heal you. God's also dealing with the other brother or sister to grow too. And maybe, maybe they're praying for a way back. Maybe they're praying for a bridge. Maybe they wish that it wasn't this way. Man, I just feel Brother John hit it right in the middle today. And this is exactly what we were supposed to say. Praise the Lord. And if we're believers and we're praying like this, I believe the Lord's working on the other end. Brother Branham talked about stages of the journey. He talked about the church in these three stages. He's talking about the different stages of life. He talked about the caterpillar, palmer worm, locust, and, and super sign. He said, Jesus living, crying as a baby, playing as a boy, toiling as a man, but it was God living in all the stages of life like we do. In Restoration of the Bride Tree, he's talking about the four stages of Ezekiel and the Valley of Dry Bones. Those were stages. In the seals, he talked about the four horse riders and the stages, and then the stages of the man of sin. He talked about the grain, which, which I'm speaking about this morning, every stage of its life, the stalk, the tassel, the shuck of the corn. In leadership, though, he said the life, listen close to this, the life left the shuck. Then why would we be wanting to take our churches back to the shuck? Why would we want to make that our battle cry now after all these years and glorify Pentecost when the life has left Pentecost? I'm going to say it very clearly. Why should we be glorifying an age that is before us? When that is something we go through to come to the seed. There ought to, the ministry and the church should be a place where we're not pointing, 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 squirt a little water over here, boy, squirt. That, that is before, friends. Come on, friends. We ought to be lifting up the grapes of the land, going into the Word, and coming back and giving evidence. It's a good land. It's for you. You are more than able. But, but stop all the glory to us. And the Joshua and Caleb and the Moses. And get it back to where the people can go from the shuck into the word themselves. Where they can have a real birth. 
I know what I'm saying today. And it's very delicate, but it's gone global in the message. And to bring it back to the real balance is the message never changed. It is still what I'm speaking about. We are in the bride age. It's seed time. It's mature wheat time and not a time to reach back and try to glorify the age before us and say that's wonderful, that's great, that's good when really, friends, the revival's right here in the Word for our day. Brother Branham, in leadership, I'm quoting, the life left the shuck to go into the tassel, left the tassel, go into the shuck, it leaves the shuck, and goes into the wheat. Invisible union. We have families, and every family in here is accustomed to that. When it rains, it pours. We have a nighttime, and we have a daytime. Why do we get stuck on that? He said, every family. Are you listening today? I know I'm going from one thing to another. I could take a whole service on just one of these. We have families. Every family in here is accustomed to that. When it rains, it pours. I think Edmonton could use a real good downpour today of of natural rain. We walked out of our motel room and there's this fog. I mean, it's a beautiful sunny day, but it's just this fire smoke. The earth is groaning. Does this church agree today? The earth is groaning. And you're not going to stop it. You could have a million tankers up there with water coming down. That's not natural. God, send the rain. And send it naturally and spiritually, Lord. I know the wedding this afternoon don't want to have rain. Excuse me. I mean, they're saying, Lord, stop the rain. Stop the rain. Because it's outside, then it could be inside, and it's like, oh, stop the rain. It's amazing. You know, one's praying for snow, one's saying, we don't want snow. Is that right? No one's praying for snow. You got that for sure. I was just in Poland and speaking at a family camp, and it was wonderful. We had people from 16 countries, Ukraine, just hungry, a lot of believers from all over Poland and and it was just a service where the Lord was just dealing and and I just pulled back at one point and said Lord send the rain we need the rain and friends I'm I'm not lying to you that very moment and the windows were open because we were full just maxed out and it started raining on that building and I just paused and you could hear it just like rain, I thought, praise be to God. Hallelujah. He knows just what we need at the very moment we need it. But we in our humanness would say, oh, we don't want them to be hurt. We want to stop our children from going through that. They've got to go through that. And God knows that. I wonder if even believers, we have raised our children, and it's not according to the word. To keep them from all hurts. And we want to shelter them from. And we realize, friends, you cannot do it. Stop always trying to be the middle person. And well, this goes on and that goes on. Whether it's children, young people, then they get married. And you're always trying to intervene. Stop it. 
That's not godly. That's not the word. God doesn't do that. God doesn't intervene at every moment and stop everything. He, he just stands back sometimes and sees what you're going to do. That's good for them. It's causing their roots to go down deeper. They need to be rejected. They need to come home from young peoples and say, nobody loves me. They're a bunch of bullies. Who's bully? Who said that to you? You know, Stop it. Pray with them. Talk with them. Nine times out of ten, it didn't happen that way. That's just how they took it. But you jump right on the bandwagon. Be careful, friends. So could I ask you today, what stage of life are you in? Because we're all at different seasons and times. Every person in this room, we are at different times. And the life of this message, I'm speaking globally, is not in a Pentecostal stage. That's not where we're at. That shouldn't be the emphasis. In leadership, Brother Branham said, so it is in the last days. You see, it's wheat time now. That's where we get our title. It's seed time again. Just watch the next few. It's wheat time now. It's getting harvest time. This is not Luther's age. This is not Pentecost age. This is the bride age. Do we believe that today? Just look at this on the screen. This is speaking, I want to show you again, mature corn. This is mature corn that is ready for harvest. Paul in 2 Timothy said it like this, a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet, or that means prepared or ready for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. He's speaking about your life, my life, to be a vessel. How many would say this is my desire, Lord? A vessel unto honor. You are not trash. You are not a stepchild. You're, You're not a person that's been thrown in here. You're not an oops child. We might have them in our families on earth. You say, well, we didn't plan on them coming. Or when they came or whatever. Brother John was an oops child. I'm a twin and my sister was born and the doctor's turning and working with her. And I think you all know this story. We had had a little discussion down there in the womb and I'd say, you go out first. And if it's really good, just scream out. So... She went out and the doctor's working with her. And the nurse said, I think we've got another baby in there. My mother had only gained, I think, 20 pounds. And, and there's, there I was. And I come out and the umbilical cords wrapped around my neck and my groin. And I was literally going, I was going. But the Lord had other plans. Say, 
I was an oops child. You know, they, we had so many children or so many boys or girls, and then you have an oops child. You're not an oops child. You're predestinated. And now as you've grown in your life and come to the age of accountability, you have the privilege of speaking back the word, not in this form, but in your form, and say, Lord, I, I, I want to be an honor to you. Sanctify my life. Make me meet for your use. Where is the voice of the bride today in Edmonton? Are you silent? We only have one service today. Are you silent? Where is the voice of the word in Edmonton? Are we babies? Are we immature? Have we heard all these messages for years? Are you good message theologians? Or can you say, Lord, the word has, be, has been born within my life. And we want to grow. We want to mature. I want to go all the way. Don't stop now. All the way back there. I, way back there. Don't stop now. From Colombia to from Africa to wherever you're from. We do know where we're going. Hallelujah. Whatever the angels are like there, I want to be there, you know. It's a pyramid city and how many miles it is or whatever. I trust out of the womb of Edmonton can come a people that's mature. They know their God and they do exploits. It's, it's not pointing to Jeffersonville or Tucson or some other country. COVID was horrible for that. People got into streaming everybody and anybody and their favorite preacher. Now they have four preachers and they're going to go home this afternoon and log in and hear what they preach because, you know, our, our, our church is just kind of what our church is now. And they're going to go home and they're going to listen to their preacher and this preacher and what they believe about the Holy Ghost and how they preaching about, you know, what Brother John's talking about, Pentecost or are we in the Word and, you know, where they put the thunders or where they put the presence of God and everybody's got their favorites now. And I, be I believe in the fivefold ministry, friends, but what it's created is a lack of confidence in their local church and a lack of men and women that are carrying the load and get under the burden. And I'm preaching to this local church. From a year ago till today, we're in another year. This is another season. You're at another stage. We're at a stage when your maturity is manifested. You've heard the messages for years. And the bride does not eat shuck. None of you wonderful sisters... This afternoon, if you were having Brother Branham over to your lunch, would just put out the corn like there on the top there and just say, enjoy the corn. You know what he would do? He would pull the shuck away. Is that right? Probably you would too. Has anybody got this type of corn and just jump right into it? Man, this tossel and shuck is good, man. I need it down here. It's fiber, brother. You're not enjoying it. You don't like it. The, the, the butter and the pepper and salt is like, goodness, it's shuck. Oh, I need fiber, brother. You're telling yourself a lie. Stop it. You're not supposed to eat the shuck and get a revival. 
and start running around in the room with the, with the shock and say, we got it, we got it, we got it. I always like to see those people on the Monday, on the Tuesday, the next Friday. Does it really change their life? That's a revival. That is a revival when someone has said they've had a revival and they go home and things begin to change. Attitudes begin to change. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is a word revival. I know you believe this. Brother Branham talked about this and does God change his mind? He's talking about the Lutherans and the Methodists and their stand and their day and the Pentecostal for their stand and their day, but we're living in another day. Did he really say that? We're living in another day? I'm asking the question. Then what day are we living in? We're living in the manifestation day. We're living when there's been stock, tassel, shuck, Almost like the wheat, but the wheat's inside the shuck. The shuck has just supported. This is a very foundational. It gives balance to the message. The shuck has just supported the wheat and kept the hot sun from burning it. And now the denomination is pulling away from it. So it can lay in the presence of the sun to get ripe. He's talking about the seed. That's the main thing. It's seed time again. So, he continues on, there won't be no more organizations rise up. This is the end of it. We've had always about three years when a message starts, they organize it. This has been going on. He said for 20 years, no organization, it can't. We're in a wheat time, a harvest time. Then he made a statement that he made in several messages. I know it's familiar to you, but let's hear it again. How many drank coffee this morning? Raise your hand really high. Goodness. Who, Who drank it yesterday? My wife, she has her hands up, you know, you know, <laughs> who drank it Friday? Do you mean you drank coffee this day after day? And it's not common to you? Has there been anyone here say, we're not going to drink it for a week? You know, I've had, we're not, I'm going to go off of it cold turkey. I don't know what turkey has to do with coffee, but <laughs> they try to go off of coffee and their minds start buzzing. <laughs> Chemically, physically, emotionally, financially. What do we want? Oh, Don't do it, friends. You, as much as you, you're spiritual and been born again and have the Holy Ghost, coffee does something to you. It's like a drug. I didn't say it was a drug now. and I drink it occasionally too. My point is, we've heard the word for years. And just because we've heard it before, don't mean we put it on the shelf or we don't talk about it. And friends, if you drank it today, you drank it yesterday, you drank, and that's something natural. 
And that's not going to put you in the rapture. What about the Word of God? What about hearing, I hear the great combine coming? That's a noise. That's like a movement. That is something happening. And you're standing there. You're kneeling there. You're going through your life. And there's something that's happening to you. It's all around you. It wants to pick you up. It wants to shake you. It wants to move you up an elevator and into a place. That when we all get to heaven, that's our goal. I trust when the rapture happens that this church is empty and the lights are off. I really trust the next service, Wednesday, Sunday, whatever, that there ain't anybody that comes in here and fumbles around with a key and want, turns on the light. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope, I hope they make this church in a warehouse. Be a nice warehouse. But we're going to be gone. And we're in another place. And we're, who's going to pay the bills? Who's going to pay the electric brothers? Are we going to get those new pews in here? Blessed be the Pope. Blessed be whoever sits on those pews. They can have the pews. Padded or dark or if we have to sit on the floor. It's not all about the pews. That's right. Well, for me, brother, it was, bless God. If that wouldn't have happened, we'd be sitting on them this morning. Do you know what you're doing? You're just... That's what it's like. You're making a huge issue out of something so natural. It's not about the plant. It's not about the pews. It's not about the pulpit. It's not about the carpet. It's not about your clothes. It's not about your good looks. It's not my glasses. You don't need your glasses in heaven. You know, your graduation pictures from kindergarten and everybody... That was the first child. Then the second child is... Then the third child and the fourth is like, Oh, please, can you send me a video of that? God hasn't given up on you. We might be at the end of the end of the end, and maybe some of the luster has been lost. Everybody came into the message. They were on fire. They didn't care about whatever. They wanted three services, four services, youth meetings, Bible studies. When can we get together? Now it's like, oh, can we cancel the Sunday night services? Let's take a vote on the Sunday night services. We're so tired. We're so tired, Brother John. We've had a lot of Sunday night services too, and that's usually when people walk in or come in and they become interested. Maybe that Sister Serena that visited here for Mother's Day, she heard the same word that she heard there. She came back the next Sunday and the next Wednesday. She texted me. She, she texted me yesterday. I'm encouraging her. She's hearing the word today. Maybe she'll be baptized in a couple weeks. That'd be fantastic. But if there wouldn't have been a church, if somebody wouldn't have turned the lights on. We're at the end. We're at the time of the combine. 
We're going home one day. In this message, it's a really good message, be not afraid. He said, the trouble of it is you Pentecostal people, you Baptists, Methodists, you failed to recognize your God-given privilege. Hear me, thus saith the Lord. You believe it with all your heart. He promised it in the last day. Hasn't there been 2,000 years? And he's going on and speaking about this, Sodom and the different prophecies and things. How many knows that? Jesus said, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. When? Just before Sodom burned, that's just before this world's going to burn, the whole unbelieving world, here we are, friends, will go into chaos and burn with fervent heat. We know that. And just before that time, remember, thus saith the Holy Spirit, this is your last sign. Write it in your Bible. And if something rises besides this and greater than this, call me a false prophet. That's incredible. Have you made someone else greater than the message of the hour? They, they said it for years. That Brother Branham, when he said they're building a platform for someone else, they put their name there. They, they put their group there. They put their... God bless you, Brother Gideon, Brother Max. Amen. They came for the graduation. They have to leave. God bless you. Let's all say God bless you. That means I need to wind it down. Friends, there's nothing greater to come. There's nothing greater to come. Well, if that's the way it is, then no, this is where you're going. This is the projection of your life. Right here. Brother John, put it on the screen. Not backsliding, not taking a detour, not becoming indifferent and... I'm justified to feel the way I do. And furthermore than that, let me tell you. No, this is your life story. You just keep going higher, 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 higher. Stop going around that mountain. Put on a tape. Pray a little bit. Read your Bible. Stop the nonsense. Boy, he took his liberty this morning. He did. Because somebody gave it to me. Maybe I'll see you in four years. <laughs> How many can see this photo here? How many can see this photo? The brown wheat in the background is more mature. The green wheat plants in the front need to lay in the presence of the sun and ripen. They're not ready for the harvest. then that explains why we're still here. There's some fields that maybe have been ripe unto harvest and they have mature and they're good and they, there's others that need to grow. They need to come. They, and it's not right for this field to say to this field, well, you're not in wheat, bless God, hallelujah. No, we need to lay in the presence of the sun. If you have a greater revelation than someone else, then there ought to be humility. There ought to be patience.
patience to wait until they come also. How many can see this on the screen? You see, in the foreground is ready for harvest, but the background is still young and green. I had this on my heart, and I wanted to show you. I don't know if you can see that. Can you turn the lights down, Brother Washlegger? I don't think you can see that very good. The tops of the fields of wheat, they look golden. You would say, we're ready to go. I think we're ready to go. The tops are golden, but how many can see underneath? The stems are still green. There's still things going on under the surface that we need to lay in his presence longer. Say, we're ready to go. We were ready five years ago. Well, the Lord didn't think that. But neither did he stop COVID. Neither did he stop the trial that you went through. Neither did he say, I'm not going to let my children go through that. He says, I know what they are going through. And his elective love says, I'm with you. Just pray and seek his face every day. And that will give you that sense of he's with me. I can go through this day. I can go through this situation. Though all hell assails me, Lord. And you're just there in prayer. And you're just, oh God, take the the time. Take the time. And by the time you get up out of there, you feel strengthened. You feel renewed. You're not looking for the 128 likes. You might have 124 dislikes. But it doesn't matter. You've been in the presence of the king. You don't need everyone's approval. You don't need a four-hour meeting to discuss this. God spoke to you. One more slide on this. One more. The tops look ready to harvest. But the wheat plant must stay in the presence of the sun so all the greenness is baked out. Thank you, brother. You can turn the lights back on. Before we close, I wanted to show you again this wheat plant on the top and the various stages. As it nears maturity, the barley is on the bottom. Brother Branham would interchange many times the wheat and the corn. I wanted you to see that many times in the earlier stages, they even look nicer. Sometimes than the final. Can I have just a few more minutes? Let me just say something here that will help someone. Some believers and people that came out of denominations, they came out of religious groups years ago, they were persecuted. They were cast off. They were cut out. They were ostracized. Well, taking you out of our will. They totally, family, people they were in church with, people that were close friends to them, all of a sudden wrote them off And said bad things and nasty things about them. Is that true? But do you know what that did? It forced them to make new friends. I'm speaking to the older generation, but also to the young generation. 
I'm bringing you now in progression what the older ones went through. They were ostracized, pushed off, cut out. And I know that. But it forced them to make new friends. It forced them to get comfort from the Lord. They made bonds with new people. It's like the church became their family. The believers became their circle of influence. But oftentimes, especially the new generation, listen closely. The same things happen now in the message. And I want to encourage the new generation to rise higher and to never be offended and live beyond the hurt. When that happens in the message, you say, well, then that's it then. If, I'm, if that's going to happen, I'm just walking away. That's it. You call yourself message believer and you get all work. No. The older ones, you went through the same thing. You rose above it. Come on, friends. You, you lived through that. You made a new circle. God gave you. Uh, you might be the only believer in your whole family. And you're here today. And you've raised your family and grandchildren. Somebody say, praise the Lord. You rose above the hurt. You rose beyond the offense, whether it's Christmas or whatever, birthdays, and you have to get together and you just sense that, you know, you're not welcome here. I'm shunning you. That happens in the message too. I'm encouraging the new generation to rise above that. Oftentimes, people of the world show more resiliency and respond better than people in the message. God help us. That means by their power of positive thinking and all their, well, it's a new day and, you know, a divorce happens or a breakup happens or they lose their job or whatever. They just seem to come back up. And they're not even believers. I hope I'm helping someone here. Then something happens in the message and people just go. The time has come for this generation to rise above all that. And you realize rain, as we spoke about earlier, it's only as good as its timing and the amount and its duration. That's why we need the five fold ministry and not the one fold ministry it's five fold ministry and you need the prophet and you need a pastor come on friend you need a pastor and we need a teacher someone that comes and might not move from behind this pulpit but they're a teacher we need that and they walk out on thin ice and they kind of say things sometimes and you kind of look and wonder "Mm, I don't know that's a good teacher And then an evangelist comes in and stirs us up. And we need apostles. But we're not all supposed to be, I just love the pastor. I just love the evangelist. I just love the teacher. I love the prophet. And I kind of come to church and it's kind of like, you know, the icing on the cake, you know, if it's good, it's good. If it's not, oh, well, well you know, and I love the prophet and shame on us. Amen. When God's given us a five-fold ministry, Amen. we can love them in spite of. Because you want everyone else to love you in spite of. 
everyone's got to love you and treat you good and uh, uh, say the right words. But somehow when towards someone else, we got an excuse. No, you don't have an excuse. We need the rain to come because there's sprouts coming out of the dirt. Can you see that today? Our young people are like this. They're young. They're coming up. We got people that are hearing for the... But where we are as a church, as the bride, and where we should be, our focus is it's seed time again. That is when what was put into the ground comes back into original seed life. And there's always, always, always the enemy of the seed. Maggots. Brother Branham said, sucking away at the life. Can you see that? Say, that's gross. It is gross. We need the Lord to give us some good spray sometime to keep this from happening. Damage. Damage done to corn plants. These are enemies, bugs that get into your life. Insects killing the corn. They rise up. There's no, nothing negative about the person. It happens to all of us. We all have Satan trying to destroy the corn at every stage of its life. Then we also have the word. I will restore to you. The years that the locust hath eaten, the cankerworm. So friends, in everything we go through, everything negative, there's a positive. I'm going to say it again. In everything we go through negative, there is a positive. God help us. Oh, for the years. But oh, for the present. When God can restore a marriage, restore a friendship, restore something. And here's the one other place where he said in harvest time, how much longer we got? You know what? I hear the coming of the combine. I hear the coming of the combine. I hear the coming of the combine. This is prophetic. This is December the 12th, 64. He's talking about in Canada and the former reign and the latter reign. And he's talking about how they made it an organization. He goes on and on and on. And how it become a shuck. But he said, thank God the grain's going on. If it's true by the word to where we're living, that is true by nature. It's vindicated the corn of wheat every way. How much longer we got? You know what? I hear the coming of the combine. Do you hear the sound today? Do you hear the sound today? Even on a grad weekend, I hear the sound. Even on the wedding this afternoon, I hear the sound. He said, get married, plant your potatoes, buy the house, Brother Marshall, buy the house. Who's glad Brother Marshall was able to get into his house? Praise God. Hallelujah. I still rent, for goodness sake. My wife's probably back there saying, buy the house. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. I poured it into the spiritual house. Amen. I've got a new one coming. And the last time he spoke about this was invisible union when he's talking about the bride and the groom. And he said, if you're standing on God's word and God's 
And with God's word, he's talking, pull away from them shucks. Pull away from it. And get out here in the wheat where you can get right before the sun. I hear the coming of the combine. Lord, help us today to pull away from those shucks. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This is what I was talking about earlier. Any, all of you that know about a combine and knows how it works here. My, I got so, I wanted to look at this. And what was it about the combine? So, you know, you can see the shaking part. Can you see this right here? The shaking screen and all these valves and things. You say, wow, I just see a big combine. I, I see the church. I see the music. I see the preaching. I see the youth meetings. I see why Wednesday, Sunday. What are you talking about? A message. And it's the coming of the combine. It's ready to go. Hallelujah. But there's a shaking in there. If you're a wheat seed, you're going to go through a time. A sifting time. We've gone through that in the last few years, haven't we? In the message? All that can be shaken. And it just flies away in the chaff. But you're not like that. I said, you're not like that. I said, you're not like that. Lord, this is our goal right here. We're getting ready to go. And we're getting ready to leave. What was put in the ground, what came forth, what came to maturity, is now getting about ready to leave. This is where we're at this morning. The seed shall not be heir with the shuck. That means the shuck has its glory. They have their music, they have their services. They have their emphasis. They have their daily life. Let's all be very careful. You're part of the wheat. It comes through that. But don't stop there. Do you understand? I hope I'm not offending anyone. Don't stop there. There's good songs that the secular world sings. Christendom. But you've got to go through that into the bride age. You can't stop at their lipstick and all their pants. Can you believe it? Standing in front of people with women with pants and earrings. Does the Lord receive that? And he's going to require you to wear your hair and your dress. And Well, Brother John. Well, don't well, Brother John, me. Go right back to the word. You wrestle it out with the angel. Don't send the pastor a three-page email. You wrestle it out. Stop it. You wrestle it out with the angel. Some of you didn't like that. But you need to wrestle it out with the angel. You need to. You search it out. You got it on your phones, your tablets, your computers, in every way. And we read less than we did a few years ago when we had the books, we had the messages, the cassettes. Now you got it on any kind of device. It's time to get back in the Word. I, I pray for our young people and the new generation that God give them a real revelation that we need this every day of our lives, Lord Jesus. How are you doing in your stage? 
today. We made it to the last slide, didn't we, sister? Wow, you did really good back there. Congratulations. She helped us out today. How are you doing in your stage? Say, I need the rain, Lord. Send the rain. Send the rain. It sends too much rain. It'll flood out the whole field. And then you'll go weeks and weeks, and there'll be rotten things going on. There'll be people with this kind of that, you know. And, and you say, we needed the rain. We needed the rain. We needed a real move of God. Let's be like this other church. Let's be, why can't we be like this other And you find as time goes on, you cannot impersonate another church. Or you're not supposed to be like that other group of people. God's called you to be in Edmonton. You're not supposed to be, you know, like this other place. Or Europe. Or Trinidad. Or African church. We are here in Edmonton. There's nothing wrong with bringing your culture. But the word is our culture. And that's where it stops right there. And we don't want to give excuse for certain things. And I'll let it go like that. Just go back to what the Holy Spirit, if he allows you to do that, well, then they don't have the Holy Spirit. Be careful. Be careful. You correct and rebuke and are strong at the wrong moment. You might be 100% right, brother, sister. But it's the wrong time and in the wrong way. And you offended one of God's sheep. Now you go back and repent to them. You go back and say, did I hurt you or offend you? It's seed time again. It's time to go like this. And the Bibles are laid on the pulpit for the last time. And the notes are closed. And it's like, where is the message? It ought to be in the people. It's not, I learned the message. I learned the quotes. I learned this morning. I learned. Did we? Lord, come to my heart, Lord. When I hear these things, it challenges me. Is the word in my heart? Not up here. Has it come to my heart? Is it in my life? Is what I've heard from a little boy, from a little girl being manifested in my character. Then, then that causes a real believer to be more humble. How many know Brother Branham spoke about that? He said, you cannot, in the presence of God in prayer, condemn another person. And I'm just paraphrasing. You cannot be in the presence of God and in prayer and condemn another person. And I'll say this, if there is another person that you're condemning or you don't want to see them in heaven, and if they make it, put them on the other side, please. And you just feel that coming up in your spirit. You need to ask the Lord to help you. Because what if they are in heaven? And what if you both are in heaven? Well, I'm not going to talk to them for 3,000 years or a million years. And let them be on the other side, please. 1,500 miles, then put me way over here and over here, brother. Bless God, hallelujah. No, it's not bless God, hallelujah. It's like you better get that out of your heart or you might not be there. That little something could keep you from the rapture. That little spirit could keep you from being there. 
Well, that's fear tactics. No, it isn't. That's the truth, brother. Preach it, brother John. Preach it. Say it. Live it. And I say, yes, brother John. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time we've shared together, this graduation weekend. I know it's been busy and a lot of effort. And when I hear about the sisters and the brothers and that planning Friday night, Saturday, I saw the young people and young adults throughout the whole day. It was a warm day. I didn't see one time that they get angry or upset. I didn't see one foul spirit. They were making way for one another. They were forbearing one another. They were making room for the other person. I didn't see any bullying. I didn't see anybody chastising someone or in their face. It reminds me of the season we're living in, of the new generation, of the New Testament church rising up, that our children and our young people reflect our revelation, how they dress and how they are. And I was so grateful, my wife also, to be able to be there Friday and Saturday and see the holiness and see the character. And I know we've been away for almost four years, but to be able to come back and not just which we do stream and are aware of the ministries and the services, but to be able to be with them and talk with them and share a little bit and have some of these young men come up and begin to speak to us and engage with us in conversations. And my wife also speaks of a maturity. That it's not always us approaching them, but they can come up and speak to us and have a conversation And we love them, Lord, and how you must love them. It brings something into our hearts that we're part of a body and part of a team and part of a daughters of Zion and, oh, sons of Abraham, not just words on a screen or a rhythm on an instrument. But I see people rising up. I know it hasn't been easy. I streamed when our brother Ray gave the testimony of the fire and, and what they had gone through and how you spared, but then to know the insurance and this is said and that is done and to know that the burden still continues. And we don't know when we'll ever sit on those new pews. But as we step back and begin to appreciate what we have today, and we have a building and we still have the air blowing and we can fellowship and we can talk. And this afternoon, I understand, they'll be, we'll be saying goodbyes and another celebration. And tomorrow, different ones traveling back. Brother Stephen Dodd and the Boyers back. And Lord, our life goes on. Sister Sharon and myself will get on an airplane and we'll fly back to our calling and what you've put our purpose in our season at this time and Lord let us not be always speaking about the cross and how heavy or the opposite or the different but let us always be mindful of how good you are 
how merciful you are and how kind and gentle and long-suffering. At every change of our lives and at every season, you have been so, so good to us, Lord. And you've just understood and bore with us through that time, even when we got anxious or maybe upset. Maybe some even struck the wall. Maybe words were said. Maybe crosswords were said. Maybe some texts or some emails were sent that we need to be put under the blood today that we ask you, Lord, to forgive us for our childish or our immaturity or for our even just being human, Lord. We realize you've made us human. But humans forget. And sometimes the best of us still have a carnal side. And I ask for forgiveness today as Sister Washlegger would play a song and we begin to enter now into the close of the meeting. Soak down on the inside of our hearts, Lord. If we've been guilty in any way of offending you or hurting you or causing the dove to fly away because he's embarrassed, forgive us, Lord. Forgive me. Forgive my family. Forgive our church as Lord if we have made something different of the message than what it really is and we've caused someone to stumble. It's not too late, Lord, for you to go to their life and heart and turn it around, Lord Jesus. Does someone need a healing today or a miracle? And with every head bowed, you'd like to slip your hand up and say, Lord, I believe in you. Would you help me, Lord? I'm at a crossroad. I'm at a junction. I need leadership. I need discernment about what to do in this situation, Lord. And I'm asking you, Lord, to be my guide. Turn me, Lord, toward that right place. Put your hand on my shoulder. Speak into the quietness of my heart, Lord. Have I been too busy? Is the first thing of my day another voice, another image, another contact? Throughout the day and at the end of the day, are we making time for our precious husband to go into a room and leave the noise of the kitchen? Leave the closer fellowship of the parlor and living room and say, I've got to go. I love you, but I've got to go into a deeper place. I need that secret place, Lord. Father, you said, I will meet you there. I will meet you in that little room, that little place. I want to go there today. I want to go there this afternoon, Jesus. I know that we have to live. We have to provide. We have to now our graduates are going to be making a decision, our schooling or a trade or where they live or a church they attend. Or am I going to marry this certain person? I know we understand, Lord. We're not putting our head in the sand. We're not all going to live on a colony somewhere. That's not your perfect will. 
We've got to go. We've got to live. We have to walk, Lord, down the journey and this pathway, Lord. And sometimes it gets really narrow. And sometimes it gets dark. Sometimes the forest fires from neighboring things that are going on come over into our area and we start to be affected by it. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help this church here in Edmonton, Lord, and the neighboring churches. I prayed for the city of Edmonton today and that the Holy Spirit would just come into the city, Lord. I contacted Brother Chad Lamb that's speaking last night and today at another church. I contacted other pastors from this very city. Lord, don't let us become inclusive and reclusive and think that we're the best or we're the biggest or we got it all. Lord, I don't think that's any of our attitude today. I don't think that's any. I have not sensed that amongst the leadership here. I pray the young people would sense that to realize that we need one another and we need the body of Christ. And just because a neighboring field is not the same as us does not make them not a wheat or not a corn. Let us ripen. Let us come to maturity. Let us lay in your presence, Lord, so when we do, we can give shade and help and strength to someone else. In the name of Jesus, I'm asking, Father, that you would give medicine to all of your sheep today. If it's mentally, Lord, that you would give them gospels and medicine and a peace in the sanctuary that would drive back those demon spirits that would haunt them and cause them to be another person than what they really are. In the name of Jesus, I stand here today driving back that evil and driving back that lie and driving back that imbalance that would be in their system. For you are our healer. And I speak out, Lord, into the winds as it was. Bring peace to that sister, Lord. Bring our brother back, Lord, to us so that he can be whole. And he's not divided and confused. Restore, Lord, our children and our grandchildren. Give us a real experience, Lord, that in the message that is beyond intellect and quotes and pictures and sermons and meetings and let it be personal, God. I'm asking you today that when we close the door to our automobiles, that there be a special presence that would come. Can this congregation say amen? When we eat with our food, when we quieten ourselves to ask a blessing, that there come a presence into that place that would be more than us wanting our food or a coffee or a drink. That It's more than our daily bread, Lord. I'm asking you 
to heal every single person that has a physical need today. In the name of Jesus, by your stripes we are healed. If there's a financial need, if there is someone that is struggling spiritually, you are our portion. And in conclusion today, Lord, walk with us down this narrow road. Be with Brother Ed today as he has a service, a wedding, a ceremony, a time. Be with the grads, Lord, as they walk from Sunday now into their future and their fathers and mothers and grandparents and we that are cheering them on this Sunday now. We bless them. Our musicians, our deacons, our trustees, our sound. May they be encouraged today, Lord, that we are together and we are ministering to one another. Sisters, brothers, young and old, visitors. May the Holy Spirit fill every fiber of our beings. I'm asking you today, Lord, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Let's stand, Brother Ray. Lead us in the song.
would say that real personally. Oh, bathe me in that rain and fall on me. And I want to sing it one more time, but I believe the Lord has really been ministering to us. And and I, I don't if you say I wasn't affected, I, I was affected. I was challenged. I, I see my shortcomings and I, I need more of him. And I, I just, let's say, let's just make it a prayer as we sing. Pour your spirit out on me, Lord. Let's sing it. Oh, pour, pour your, your spirit out on me. 